0: Welcome to Authority Issues, a podcast about leadership, management, and making smoked vanilla ice cream because it's awesome. Yes! I'm Rachel Perkins, a.k.a. Pie or Pie Bob. I'm into words, operations, cheese, and whiskey, and of course, leadership.
1: And I'm Kendall Miller, artisanal, tiny home connoisseur.
0: Today on the show, we're talking with Dan Turkenkopf, Director of Baseball R&D for the Milwaukee Brewers. Hi, Dan. Thanks for being Welcome, on
2: Welcome, Dan. Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> well, before anything else, I need to ask you right up front: what exactly, or you know, what what is a baseball R and D, and what does a director of it do?
2: Sure. Um, the The way I like to describe what I do what I do is I um, ask if people have seen the Brad Pitt movie Moneyball.
0: Uh, oh, I have not. Yes. Oh, okay. I have.
2: For for those who have, uh, the cl- basically my role is Jonah Hill in that movie. Um, for those who have. For those who have not seen it, um, what I do is I run a team of really, really smart people who try to predict how players are going to do, how games are going to go, um, and build decision tools for
1: basically everybody else in the organization. No, this is based on data right yeah let me add color to that dan and tell me if i get it right so basically it's been a long time since i've seen this movie but but rachel i'm gonna explain to you and you tell me if you understand and dan you tell all me all right I'm wrong. but but basically somebody comes in and says hey this has kind of been an old man's league where you get a feeling about a player and then you and then you put him on the team because you really feel like he's good but actually baseball is and And in particular, baseball has long mm-hmm. been an incredibly, incredibly data driven sport, like or data gathering sport. And so they're able to take all this data and say, hey, actually, we can boil all these things down. And it's not about who hits the best home runs or uh, you know, who we feel really good about, but it's like, Get on base percentage and things like that. Like, like who who do we know? The fifth batter up needs to X, Y, and Z, and you can nail that all down to data. I mean, is that right, Dan? Is that, that that's the basic idea?
2: Um, I think you know Michael Lewis when he when he wrote the book Moneyball kind of oversimplified a lot of things. Um, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa! I I needed the
2: oversimplification because <laughs> um, yeah. otherwise I wouldn't get it. He set that up kind of as a a conflict between um, you know the old school scouts who who have watched a lot of baseball in their life and kind of could observe players and try to figure out who was good um, and who was going to turn into a good player some days or down the road. And the kind of the new school stats nerds who um, would, you know, run the numbers and figure out what was important. And, you know, there, there's aspects of kind of both both sides and um, play into kind of how good players are going to be. And so, you know, there was definitely more of a conflict back in, you know, the the late '90s, early 2000s, when the book was written, um, but today it's much more. You know, everybody's on the page. You know, the the we get. A lot of input and a lot of um, really good information from from scouts who don't have any mathematical or technical backgrounds. Um, there are scouts and coaches who are coming in the game with technical backgrounds now, um, so mm-hmm. it's a lot more of working much more closely together.
0: But even if they don't have that that sort of numerical data approach to things, you're able to quantify to some degree the observations that they're making, right? So exactly, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, cool. So,
1: but I, so sorry, Rachel. I'm sorry. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna. This is this is. Super interesting. So this is—I oh, yeah. I have to say—this is a little bit of a break from our norm, Dan. We 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 typically do have this people who almost as cool as precision
0: agriculture.
1: That's <laughs> true. Well, and we we also had the elephant trainer at one point, which yes, was stuck yes. out in my head. Um, but um, so so I, I, a couple different questions here. I mean, one is, are you saying that big data matters, but gut feel? also matters and should we take this back to our tech companies and tell them to shut up we know they've collected all the data but actually i feel it it's what what
2: what scouts who have done this for a while are doing they're they're not doing gut feel they're they're really doing pattern matching mm-hmm. they've seen on this, they've seen so many players who have come through and um they have consistent tendencies that they are able to pick up on them. Whether they can explain exactly what they're seeing or not, um, they're, able to, they're, they're able to see things and they're able to augment the data. They're also amazing at asking questions.
1: Oh, okay. So you didn't exactly <laughs> confirm what I wanted you to confirm, but I'm just going to ignore that and gloss over. No, um, that's that's actually that's, that's really, well, no, that's really interesting. And, and I get that, that like it, it, essentially what it boils down to is someone has seen this before. Someone understands what they're looking at and whether there's a, a quant, you know, whether they've written down swings this way at this, you know, or whatever, They they understand a form or they understand something that they see that helps them confirm that this is something worth pursuing. I, I get that. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. really and, interesting. And the numbers do uh, do a really good job
2: uh, of doing that, um, largely because, for example, player uh, people can't watch every single game or every single instance of, of when somebody's doing it. Something like um, position fielding is a really tough thing for people to get to, to See, to see with their eyes they can see the skills they can see how fast somebody is they can see how, how good the arm is but they can't watch every single play that the player uh has a chance to make and how many of them he turns into to an out and then the the stats are really good at that part
0: mm-hmm. uh, i have i have a jillian more questions about this I've, yes. I've had, oh had my a gosh. background in big data <laughs> as well and super interesting i'm sure that there, there could be a splunk front end for this i'm sure there already is Uh, But what we really need to know is, were you always uh, in baseball? Were you always in big data? Where did you start? How did you get to where you are? Tell us about that. So
2: my background is math and business slash uh, MIS. So I actually spent over a decade as a software developer um, before ever getting into baseball as, as a career. Uh, so so uh, started out uh, help desk and Lotus Notes programmer. Oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> um, moved through, you know, learned Java, um, started doing, uh, you know, web services back when there was, you know, called SOA. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, moved from there to a, to a cloud-based startup. Uh, or actually that's a cloud-based. We were a startup that built a platform as a service for customers. Um, and then from there kind of moved into baseball. Uh, the transition into baseball was kind of an interesting, was was a very surprising approach uh, or a very surprising path for me. Um, I had always kind of enjoyed the game. Definitely, I grew up as a Yankees fan outside New York City um, and wow. kind of got interested in the uh, numbers of baseball um, throughout high school and college. You know, I, I wrote some really, really bad statistical analysis papers in high school and college. <laughs> um, um, you know, why uh, expand? How expansion affected the game? How, um, whether what players should get into the Hall of Fame? That kind of stuff. Um, okay.
0: And then so, I just, a true fan in that end. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, but yeah. using the numbers piece of it, and then kind of you know, it was a it was a relatively small online community at that point, um, doing analysis. Uh, you know, it was, it was post Bill James, um, who kind of really brought this into the mainstream, but it was not, you know,
1: wait, you're, you're, really you're talking to two baseball illiterates here. So who's <laughs> Bill James?
2: Bill James is considered the father of what, they, what we call sabermetrics. Sabermetrics is the advanced study of baseball for lack of a better term. Um, so he was, he's a great story. He was a, a security guard at a factory in Kansas. Um, and would just spend his nights while he was working figuring out things about baseball. Um, so tables. looking at exactly, he was looking at stats and saying, you know, he he was the one who's like, you know, or one of the ones who said, you know, on base percentage is really important. Um, maybe more so more so than batting average. Uh, uh, okay. And he kind of did this as an outsider. Um, yeah. And so, but you know, he he eventually the the, the things he. Came up with and really the approach to, to thinking about the game kind of spawned this whole um, this whole industry and then eventually spread into the teams. But so I was following it just kind of on the internet, uh, you know, on various message forums. Um, you know, there was actually a really big Usenet forum forum for it that uh, I missed, but that was where a lot of the early conversations were.
0: Yeah, I wondered if you had been involved in Usenet. I was just thinking about Usenet the other day. Oh, yeah, back in the, the day. Uh,
2: Rec Sports Baseball was a really big community. Um, okay. Unfortunately, yeah. still, I'm just a little bit past that.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little bit too young, huh? <laughs> only oh, by well. a couple of
2: years, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: so how did but, you get your connect? How did that
2: work out? So what actually happened is in 2007, 2008, um, Major League Baseball introduced this new technology to track every, the movement of every pitch. Uh, so, you know, how fast the pitcher was throwing it, how the, how did the pitch move on its way to the plate, where it crossed the plate. Um, and they, they pushed it through an API call, um, into their, their online game day product. The, what basically the thing that people could watch games to follow games online. It wasn't even watching done TV at that point. Um, and so some people noticed that wanted to see where the data came from and actually realized that you could pull down all of the pitch data. Um, Was
1: that intentional? (laughs) Yeah, like there was an open API that they just Basically,
2: I've never gotten a a full answer as to whether or not they intended for it to go out to the public um, or the public just happened to discover it
0: Uh, Might (laughs) as well just go with it though once it's out there
2: basically yeah. um yeah. and so there were uh, a small number of people who started who wrote parsers for it um and shared them on, online uh there were a lot of physicists who were getting involved and um you know talking about okay well the pitch moves this way this means that um I'm not a physicist uh I have I was a programmer so uh I'm like oh I'll write a parser just for fun and, and see what I could do with it and then since I wasn't a physicist I decided to look at catchers because nobody was looking at catchers played around with it for a little bit came up with some some interesting new stats at the time um, and published them on my, on my blog which you know, being the mid 2000s everybody had their own blog at the time
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, some and, of us
1: still do <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wish I did I, I, I don't have the time to write Yeah. Um, no, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, published but they it on saw there. that Somebody saw that. Um, this is still on the public side, and the, and somebody's like, "Do you want to come write for write for us on our site on a regular basis?" Like, sure, that sounds awesome. I never imagined oh, wow. I'd write about baseball. Uh, so I did that for a little while. Then another site came said, "Do you want to write for us and we'll pay you something?" Like,
0: oh, whoa. I see. This oh, okay. previous time was for free. Uh, for the exposure, the exposure, excuse me. <laughs> <It
1: wasn't>, people <laughs> die of exposure. You don't I've ever heard
2: want to that. work for it. <laughs> it you wasn't to a big term it, it, <laughs> it, Looking back, I should have been paid for that too. But um,
0: sure. yeah, and That was it, exciting was, still.
2: Oh, totally. And I was doing it for a hobby. And so it, it seemed like it was a, you know, wasn't a huge commitment
1: um well and i'm assuming this leads up to take a look at me now so sorry keep going oh yeah (laughs) then 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 basically wrote for that site for a little while another site
2: came and said do you want me do you want us to uh to come work for us and we'll pay you uh like you know on a regular basis not just for everything you write and that sounded like okay awesome Uh, a real job yeah, basically, but still, you know, still my side side gig, uh, you know, working for software companies and startup and and all that thing, um, and then um, I actually started talking uh, eventually to a company that built pitch the pitch tracking software, uh, the pitch tracking oh. um, um, systems, and they were looking for their first developer in the states. Uh, that ended up not working out for me, but they introduced me to a, to the Tampa Bay Rays um, as a you know. As a developer, oh, um, I
0: see. So the brewers were not your first. Uh, brewers were job. not my first step. Okay,
1: um, but you I, uh, like. I need to stop for a second here, Dan. <laughs> sure. You were. You were a mathematician, a programmer, a writer, and now in sports. Like that is that is a really <laughs> effing why I mean, All that's left step. is
0: backwards in heels. You know. Yeah.
1: Right. But- <laughs> like, if, you, if you were really good at Twister, I feel like you'd have the full <laughs> gamut. I, I don't, am not. No,
0: he's not. i oh. not very flexible <laughs> <it>. at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then you two, you got a software gig. And uh, I, I want to go back after we get to where you are now yeah. and ask about yeah, so your various leadership experience. So then you get to... Sure. Uh, the Rays Tampa and Bay you did Rays. some yeah. software development
2: did, for them. I came as a software developer, but because I had done analysis on the internet too, they're like, you could talk to our analysis group and see if you can help them out at all because they were much smarter and, and but they're like, you, we know you're interested in it, so see what you can do. And I learned a tremendous amount from there. Um, spent two seasons with them. Uh, ended up leaving um, to go back to tech for a variety of reasons. And then the the Brewers came calling. Um, we hired a new general manager, David Stearns, um, and he brought over um, as his assistant general manager Matt Arnold from the from the Rays, uh, who I worked with there. And they asked me to come build out a uh, build out the R and D department um, almost from scratch. Uh, and at at, this was around, this was 2015. Um, baseball, uh, teams had been building these kinds of departments for some of them going on 15 years at this point. So, uh, and some fact- of them
1: still not doing it, right. I mean, aren't some of them still in the, or weren't some of them still in the stone age
2: at that point, there were, there were a handful of teams that hadn't really built much out. Um, yeah. and that was actually one of the draws for me was the ability to kind of build out this organization and it being, um, One of the last few opportunities for anybody to ever do Uh,
1: this—to start from scratch and say, "Hey, data matters," and we're going to build this. Yes, yeah. yeah. And it (laughs) turns—I'm completely nerd-sniped right now. This (laughs) is like the coolest thing in the whole world for (laughs) me. Sorry.
2: I left left a startup that I was enjoying um, to to come do this uh, because it was kind of a you know really a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to to try it out. So
0: you had been a leader of teams before this. Uh, going back, how far?
2: Um, it's interesting because I've I I had been a tech lead in a lot of places. I had never been a a manager before. People manager. Oh
0: those. wow! So, so that's I'm a sure really we'll big jump. Okay. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. But the uh, honestly, the, the tech leads started stuff probably well before I was actually uh, should have been a tech lead. Um, and in what
1: uh,
0: sense?
2: I mean, I was the
0: tech sense
2: or the lead sense? <laughs> probably more the lead sense. Um, uh, it was, you know, my, my, but the within a year and a half out of uh, in, in jobs, I actually ended up um, running a 60 person uh, tech team um, on a big project. I think largely because I worked for the prime contractor. Um, oh, wow. And, it's like uh, you so directly
0: that, managed those people, all I, of them. I was,
2: the, I was kind of the tech lead for it. And we okay. had other people, um, we had other people nice. who, uh, who managed them, first of all, but also there were a number of other, um, kind of sub leads under me. Um, but I was, okay. you know, ended up working as the architect. I honestly still have no idea why they gave me that responsibility, but it was a huge <laughs> learning experience for me.
0: So right. yeah. What, what did you learn? What, what was the biggest thing you learned about that experience?
2: Um, I think it was, th- there was a lot of trying to figure out or t- trying to help people, guide them to the solution. In a lot of cases, they already knew the solution they they wanted. It was really helping them work towards what that should be uh, mm-hmm. and really making sure that they could formulate their, the ideas they already had in a way that they could present to other people and that they okay. could implement.
1: And is so this is more people- of a blue
0: thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, is this people coming to you, Dan, and saying, hey, I need help with a technical solution for this? Or is this you commenting on every PR saying you're doing it wrong? No, no. It was, the, it was
2: more the, the first. Um,
1: that sounds probably mean, good. but Yeah. I mean, it was also
2: back in – it was a long time ago. So we, we were in uh, – actually, I think we are still
1: CVS at that point. Um, okay. So no PRs or anything like that.
0: Oh, but, yeah. <laughs>
1: when you say CVS, you mean comma-separated values. No, the
2: uh, source control system. <laughs> no, I, no,
1: I, I'd be CSV, wouldn't it? I got it wrong. Yeah, we, that's, yeah. thats what we do. That, I mean, we use a lot of those today. That's there uh-huh.
0: I imagine a great many columns are involved. Um, so, so you started, you did this first thing where you were a tech lead, and then then you was that the most recent gig before you got to build this team, or was that very early? No, on? that
2: was that was very really early on. Um, I moved through a number of kind of. Um, Consultant roles, uh, you know, running, uh, being the tech lead on, on smaller teams, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the, then kind of moving into um, you know, pre-sales at slash startup do everything kind of mode um, mm-hmm. for a number of mm-hmm. years, and then that's what led into uh, to getting into baseball.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, so then, I mean, what does it look like now to be the director of R&D? How big is your team? Uh, how much of it is managerial versus, you know, uh, correcting PRs or, you know, what, yeah. what, what what does it look like today? Um,
2: my team right now is five and growing. Um, we have a number, we have a couple of other technical teams as part of the organization who we work really closely with, but I, I don't directly manage them. Um, like,
1: well, give us an example. What are the other technical?
2: I mean, we have we have a, a a team of data engineers who are building our our pipelines and our databases. We have a team of web developers who are building the tooling that uh, people actually interact with, and then my team who builds kind of the predictive models behind all of or th- that that feed into all of those.
0: Okay, so that's that's the R part more than the D part, right? It's your yeah. team is pretty much the spear of that, the thinking about problems you could potentially answer with data or vice versa. Exactly. Data that you have. What what questions could I answer with this? How often do you feel like baseball as a whole, and then maybe your team specifically, comes up with something kind of mind blowing? Like oh, I didn't realize these things were at least correlated. You know that kind of thing.
2: There's been there's there's probably a very small number of truly like game changing um, insights that uh, that have come baseball. Did there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Over, yeah, I can think of you know three or four over the last last you know twenty years um, that really changed oh, baseball. Uh, unfortunately,
1: you know we I don't think we've found any of them yet, although we're looking. Um, can Can you sure. give us an example of those Were they like pitchers who held the ball with two fingers versus three, <laughs> or people who wore cotton instead of polyester? No, oh, that uh, was a reference.
2: Um. The big one was um, the, the 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 biggest one or the big one kind of in the right around like 2010 timeframe was um, understanding how catchers, how much influence catchers have over whether balls are called strikes or not. Um, And is
1: this something from your writing? uh,
2: I actually, I did. I I was one of the first people who looked at it. Uh, I did not solve it. I did a very bad job. Um, I overestimated the, the effect by, I think, an order of magnitude or two sounds um, like
0: astronomy <laughs>
2: <laughs> well but you got people to pay attention
1: to it which yeah. it sounds like they should have been
2: uh, and and honestly i don't know what the te- i feel like i think the teams were working on it on their own um while i was looking at the things in the public side but um but it turns out to be something that was tremendously valuable uh, sure. and the teams that jumped on it first got huge like you know, were, were huge advantages for a couple of years until all the other teams figured out what was happening and um, bought into it, and started making their decisions based off of it. And now every team looks at it uh, yeah. to the point to the point where uh, where baseball is considering going to uh, um, strike zones called by technology to to kind of counteract the effect.
0: How oh. so? How, when when these situations arise where you've learned something as a as a you know. As a um, an industry, for want of a better term, uh, that is that work that then leads you to ask the players to do something differently. Does that like d- does that happen often? And do the players tend to be reticent about that? Do they you know do they want to not change how they behave? I understand there's a lot of um, a lot of uh, luck tokens and things like that in the in in the player industry part mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, have you had any of that sort of experience, where you've been like, "Hmm, they should probably step one half inch to the left," you know? Well, we, I, I, yeah. Total bullshit. I obviously, but, yeah. touch, but yeah. touch
1: a uh, rabbit's uh, <laughs> before they step into the box, and no. then you know, yeah. percent percentage skyrockets. I
2: mean, it, it's it's one of those things that's evolved over time. Um, today, players are. Many players are totally on board. Um, they're looking for data. They're looking, they're, for input. they're looking for data. They will go out and get it themselves if they're not getting it from their teams. Um, they'll work on it um, with their 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 personal coaches during the offseason. Um, and they have a pitchers, personal analyst. Some of them, I think, probably uh-huh. do. Wow. Um, or or the or their agents provide analysts. Um, and the they they will go and um, pitchers in particular. Will spend a lot of time looking at that pitch tracking data, figuring out how their pitches can move, figuring out what they can change to make them more effective. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they have a lot of incentive to do it because if they get better, they get more money, mm-hmm. uh, and
1: yeah, yeah, it's that a makes sense. Very
2: very nice uh, incentive for that.
1: Totally, yeah. Whoa. So what is – I mean, Dan, talk about your your day-to-day and managing a team of people who are helping with research and development in baseball. Mm -hmm. And like what are – are your day-to-day issues the same as – anybody who's a manager and is just wrestling with people who have people problems or are your day-to-day issues, you know, like some of it selling the data to the, to the baseball league and getting them to pay attention. I mean, are there things that are on your plate that you're like waving your hand saying, we're going to win political. more games if you effing listen yeah. to me. If nobody, You know, like, like what's, what does that look like?
2: I, I mean, the, Yes, I, I end up dealing with a lot of the same issues as everybody else, um, as any other manager. Um, one of the things that's, that's in, um, a challenge is I'm actually a remote manager. My rest of my team is in Milwaukee. Um, I am not most of the time. So I deal with challenges there, which has also given us, you know, supporting me being remote has Allowed us to do more asynchronous communication and, and things like that, which actually ends up helping the people in the office as
1: well. Um,
2: but then, yes. yeah, we all-
1: can I can I stop you real there, real sure. quick? Sorry, I have a million questions here. But Slack, Microsoft Teams, what's the what's the practical communicate? Are you all Skype all the time, texting on your phone?
2: Mostly Slack and Zoom. Mm-hmm. Okay, a lot of okay. Sorry, okay. Continue. Um, and, But then there, there's also a lot of. Um, for lack of a better term, marketing kind of things we found um, and also gathering questions and gathering requirements from, from people that to kind of have them figure out, you know, tell us what their challenges are and figure out um, what, how can we apply data and modeling to it. So, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of product manager types of, types of um, sure. responsibilities as well.
0: Yeah. So you, so you, you have worked uh, as at at least one startup. It sounds like you've worked at at least one, um, and worked in in software in a sort of a more standard environment in a software company, perhaps in an enterprise. It sounds like this team might be more academic in nature. Is that the case? And do you find that that's a different environment than you might expect at a typical software company?
2: Um, we've actually. We definitely are more a kind of applied than applied research than just mm-hmm. um, kind of you know research to find things out. Do you have like um, and,
0: an ivory tower group or is it just you know? No, I mean it's, banging it's, their heads against it every day.
2: It's pretty yeah. much it's pretty much that um, you know sometimes if we're if we're bored or we're looking for 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 something we'll, we will some some somebody will go off on a project and try to find something uh, kind of a breakthrough. But we we have a lot of um, you know priority pri- prioritized. Um, yeah, you know, easily, uh, easily like, convertible. want to make
0: improvements to this exactly. metric kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like um, want to be able to measure this thing with more precision.
2: Yeah. Okay. And, uh-huh. and we've actually ended up, um, because I have the tech background, we've actually started, we, we run the team very much like a development organization. Okay. Uh, we do, you know, we do, um, we're, we're close to doing Kanban. Um, uh, we do daily stand ups, we do PRs and code reviews with source control, um, you know, the, the the things that you know ensure that what we're delivering is high quality um and then we can address issues as they come up.
0: Do you have a good relationship with the team that runs the production environment that the rest of the group uses? Like yeah. how how big is the engineering organization or the engineering to production organization as a whole? I'm super curious uh, about how this works. I mean, it sounds like it works just like everywhere else, where there's you know there's a group that does this kind of development, a group that does that kind of development. And they have to kind of merge together, gather requirements.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We work very closely with them, um, and and you know I, I can't speak for all the other teams. I don't know if they all do it the same way. Um, mm-hmm. I do think there th- this kind of approach is growing. I mean, all of this in uh, all of, all of this kind of technology aspect of baseball is relatively new so kind of the mm-hmm. industry is all learning from each other and and, and growing at kind of at different rates um, but I think we're kind of all realizing this is this is essentially another company um, and the, you know the the, the non baseball side of the house has been doing that for a while the baseball side of the house, a little bit less time, but um, they, you know, most teams see the value and, and definitely our our leadership totally sees the value of what we're doing and, you know, building the, um, you know, building kind of the scientific method into into their decision-making process. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, so so let me ask a question about that. Or, or Rachel, do you, did you have more follow-on I'm questions good. before I... So, uh, I mean, I kind of latched on earlier, you said on-base average might be more important than batting average. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when I go to a baseball game today, the player's stats will be up, and it'll talk about batting average. It won't talk about on it, uh, on Dep- base average.
2: Depends where you go. If you go to the if you go to Miller Park in Milwaukee, the scoreboard will actually have OPS, which is on base plus plus slugging on the uh, scoreboard. Okay. And, um, so, so, so you
1: have influence. Like, is that a a result of your influence?
2: That was actually the, the general manager. Um, Decided that they that that's what we should be showing because that's what's more important and we would you know the 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 fans should be seeing the what what's important for the, the stats that matter yeah the relevant <laughs> yeah. stat
1: yeah well uh-huh. this this is why we put this player in it's yeah maybe their batting average doesn't impress you but look at this um,
0: <laughs> this that's, that's
1: super interesting yeah I mean what what are the are, are there things like that that you're influencing that are actually making its way into the ballpark and, in terms of the 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 stats that you're recognizing matter yeah i mean we we definitely one of the really cool things about this
2: job is we can suggest something and we could see it played it out in the field that night um sure which, yeah th- that part's yeah. amazing it's a whole the, different uh, kind
0: of production like pushing yes. things to production it's on tv yeah that's yeah. amazing. Um,
2: yeah the, the actual <laughs> impact on what we're you know for for the fans beyond what they what actually happens to the game that that tends to be more limited um mm-hmm. You know, we, we aren't, that, that's really not our focus. There's another, you know, there's a completely other side of the house that is responsible for the fan experience, responsible for ticket sales, right. and and they do very similar um, approaches, but our, we're, we're very much focused
1: just on the how do we win more games. Well, and some of it you might want to keep hidden. You, well, you realize a stack matters, you don't want to share that with everybody, but. It, uh, sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. his, uh,
0: I wanna I want to roll us back towards ahead, the leadership stuff like yeah this is super interesting Don't and I, I've, I'm always interested in how people use data to make things better but um, so you're your you you've been a tech lead a few times you've kind of jumped into different uh, front of house startup roles so se type things this has been your first gig where you've actually had to do like reviews for people and be, be concerned mm-hmm. about their career growth and you know that kind of stuff what what is uh, a leadership issue that you're thinking about right now or dealing with right now?
2: Oh boy. Um, I mean, I think I'm still, I'm still trying to ensure that my preference to what I want from a manager, um, that I'm not, I don't fall into, into that. I I mean, when I manage, I like to be, I, I like to be relatively, um, I, I like to be kind of left uh, left on my own to okay. to find my own direction and it's taken me a, a, a while to realize that's not what everybody wants and that's not what's best for everybody so trying to adapt my management style to the people i'm managing um, has been a challenge and it's always gonna it's always a challenge um
0: have you had any resources besides, you know, your current experience as it hits you uh, or have you been given any training? Have you uh, read any books that you would recommend?
2: Um, I mean, I think I've mo- most of my books, the books I've read have been kind of the, the tech manager ones, the um, um, Will Larson, um, you know, Laura Hogan, um, okay. you know, trying to uh, just to learn about it kind of in, in that space. Um, lots of, Yeah, random blog posts on on things, and you know Mm -hmm. the the uh, the rand Slack chat has been extremely helpful for for this guy. as well, that's
0: great. Um, and so right now you're you're trying to learn more about making your management style more custom to the person that you're managing. Have Mm. you? Did you have some particular uh thing that sort of made that come to life for you, or? Did you, know, did you did you make some kind of like, oh, I should have done that differently, and then had a realization? How did that come to be?
2: I think it was it was it was kind of a, a confluence of a number of things. Um, not being in the office with everybody else means mm-hmm. I'm I don't pick up uh, or I'm I'm not able to see a lot of kind of the um, almost subtle cultural clues how people react to certain things, what the what just kind of the 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 mood in the office is, um, and. Realizing um, far too late in the game that there were unhappy people on my team, um, and that I needed to do something to to try to kind of get them back, get them comfortable with with the, and wanting to be uh, wanting to be there. Uh,
0: yeah.
2: And so, you know that that um, it was tough because I ended up basically making that my focus for you know, six to nine months where I thought I was going to be doing something else, um, kind of, and, and it was definitely the right thing to do, but it was, it was oh, yeah. a huge challenge for me because, you know, I'm, I, I wanted to be, I was the one who wanted to be hands-off, uh, let people, give people direction and let them. And they are
0: like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh huh. So you did you do something like set up more regular check ins with people, or how did you how are you addressing this?
2: It was more regular check ins with people. It was also um, focusing on process for the team. Um, mm-hmm. Before it was very much you know kind of give them a, a a project, let them run with it, um, and that you know that that meant we had a bunch of individuals, not a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sure. so we focused on trying to. Build out um, a, a standard way for people to make sure they knew what was going on, for people to communicate better, for us to interact with the rest of the organization better, um, and so it was. It was a combination of, of team level processes as well as really getting to try to under, to understand what what mattered to each of the people on my team more. Mm-hmm. Are
1: there cool. are there any thing is there anything about the way that you lead today that you feel like is specific to the fact that you're a leader in baseball
2: um I think the I think what there is potentially um at times a bigger disconnect between or bigger kind of gap between the um the people I manage and their People they interact with on a regular basis who are almost essentially our users in terms of um the understanding of what we do and so trying to make sure that my team knows how to interact with with um people in a way and people who might not be as technical but have kind of that um, this amazing um domain knowledge that we might not have and how do we do that on a a respectful and really you know Mm -hmm. beneficial to both sides um way has i can that, totally
0: imagine this in this sort of interpersonal scenario you're envisioning that you're talking about yeah. here yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: well, like, so so does that mean that when you're interviewing people you ask them are you passionate about baseball and you don't hire them if they're not uh we do want we
2: do gauge how what they how passionate they are about baseball um and what their knowledge of baseball is because there's you know um, it's not a, it's not a hard and fast requirement, but if you can identify, if you can identify what a pitch type is just from watching on screen, um, you're probably going to have an easier job talking to our pitching coaches, for example. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, that's but I mean, a, what you're talking
0: about before is like, uh, folks in your team who are, you know, have strong math skills, are believers in data. They They need to be talking to people who have a bit more of the woo, like they're, they're, they're their internalization of the data is not necessarily numerical and you have to respect right. that yes. Uh is that the kind of <clears throat> kind of incongruous uh, communication style that you were talking about
2: exactly uh, it's, and it's, it's not the we, we have you know it, it's very easy it, when you've looked at the, the data to go through and say we know the right the actual right answer um, mm-hmm. and you I mean anybody who who's done any sort of data analysis knows that you know your models, your models are probably pretty good if you're doing a good job, but they're not 100 percent. right. And um, you context know, the matters, yeah, context matters, and the fields, the, the field staff, the players, um, they they get the context, and they mm-hmm. can ask, like you know, they, they can ask very good probing questions about, and, and like, oh, we to-, and we'll say we totally missed that, and we go it back and account for we, that, yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, cool! Yeah, like having respect for those people means you can actually benefit from their experience, and that's Mm -hmm. that's a hard thing for young, smart math students and software developers to learn. I am familiar with that
1: scenario. (laughs) Well, that's that's a little bit why I'm asking about the like if you're passionate about baseball, you probably have the lingo, and therefore you're able to communicate with some of these people. Mm -hmm. If you're a data nerd who happens to apply this to baseball, you know by 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 mere coincidence, you might not have any of the language to talk about. You might not even know the questions to ask, which right. I, I think is kind of interesting. Like, uh, you know, I, I'm really not a huge baseball guy. Like, I, you know, I, I like baseball, but I, it's not something that I'm passionate about or or watch all the time. And so, um, you know, I imagine that there's a lot of nuance to the game that I wouldn't even know to go dig into. And, and I can see why having people who care about it you know, you're going to get a different level of depth to even, even ask the questions, right? Like I, I if I come in and ask the questions, I don't even know where to start half the time, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. Well, so I, I want to pivot and ask the question we ask everybody on the show, sure. uh, on this show, because it's, we're, we're on video. It feels like a show. Um, what is your relationship with authority and, and how do you feel about having authority over other people uh, versus how do you feel about others having authority over you?
2: I mean, if, I've kind of touched on it a couple of times with the you know my preference as um, as somebody being managed, um, mm-hmm. but I definitely have had a, I have a complicated uh, relationship with with authority. Um, I was the kid who never liked to get in trouble, always liked to follow the rules, but mm-hmm. also would question why we had to do you know, things that I thought didn't make any sense, um, mm-hmm. and so I would uh, so. so as I've gotten older, I think I fell into the questioning and pushing back a lot more. And then I fell, then as I got even older, I fell into the, um, you know, mellowed out more and, uh, Choose we'll continue- your battles. <laughs> exactly. I'll we'll continue to ask the questions. Um, but realize that my worldview is not the only one. Context matters. Um, other people have approach it differently and can teach me a whole lot. Um,
0: ah, you see and, yourself in your employees right now. like totally. Your junior self. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Talking
0: to those other researchers. Yeah, totally.
2: Yep. And so, I mean, that, that definitely helps me in, uh, in managing them. Um, I still, I, I'm still willing to, to push back on, uh, on people. Um, the, one of the, the big triggers for me is when I think, Man, people in management are um are essentially bullying the people beneath them and that that doesn't happen that's not happened with the brewers but it's happened in previous places um right. and that's something where um you know i will go strong on that um sometimes to my detriment um, <laughs> but uh you know it, it is one of the things i i do think and what i try to do with my team is not just tell them this is what we're doing but explain uh, explain why, or even better yet, um, explain you know, what we're trying, what the outcome we're trying to get, and let them figure out why we're- what we're doing, uh, what we should be doing to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. you know, easier said than done um, in a lot of cases, but that's kind of the, the goal I try to to, yeah. to practice work
0: on. communication. Yeah. yeah, making it more about communicating what needs to get done, uh, and then all the difficulty is around clear communication. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, well. So, I mean, Rachel, did you want to ask a question? I have another question. But, um, oh, go ahead. Kendall. Okay, well, so so let me ask you this, Dan. How, how does somebody, besides analyzing uh, the role that catchers play in baseball and writing about it and then getting writing gigs that lead to R&D gigs that lead to directorships and yeah. baseball clubs. Besides
0: I, being I, the wonderkind,
1: <laughs> besides, besides your very circuitous, seemingly uh, – you know, impossible to replicate path. How does somebody get into baseball, and particularly with a tech background? Uh, you know, how does somebody end up in a leadership role in a baseball league, baseball yeah. team?
2: Right. I mean, now we. I mean, we have. You know, hundreds of smart people who go to school for statistics, who go to school, you know, they, they study computer science, they study, um, econometrics, uh, basically anything that's dealing with data. And, um, in a lot of cases with the express intent of trying to get into sports. And uh,
0: esports sure. now too
2: right esports now too yeah yeah There's even uh, and,
0: more data that can be directly accessed from whatever game API they're playing in addition to whatever yeah. their personal physical sure. data might be it's, it's 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 there are huge programs and schools for this it's amazing
2: yeah like and a whole new
0: um,
2: yeah I mean we we, we it, it's really interesting because honestly I probably if if I were trying to break into an industry now I probably would not be able to um, yeah you know, How yeah my my team is far more is far smarter than I am. They are far <laughs> more technical um, in terms of data modeling. Um, you know the we're, it's it's become a much more specialized uh, specialized role. When we're competing with you know we're competing with Google, we're competing with Facebook, we're we're competing with the large tech companies, large data companies for this kind of talent. Um, mm-hmm. And so and every team now is hiring lots of people.
1: Uh, so you know, yeah, okay. well,
0: you could get your job with you know whatever the mm-hmm. the Denver baseball team is.
1: <laughs> First, we need to learn the difference between a CBS and a CSV file. Right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Probably, yes. <laughs> um, so, do you see? So you you have just in the last five or so, I can't remember how many years, as you've been uh, with the Brewers and building this department. Um, how has becoming a leader uh, uh, of this team? of, of developers, of, of uh, researchers, how's that affected your life? Has it been a positive thing for you, like with your home life and other stuff like that or uh...
2: B- base, Yes. The, uh, I mean, managing the team has been great. Baseball is, um, it's a fairly encompassing uh, career. Uh, you know, we, we play 162 games a year. Um, most of them at night. Uh, many of well a handful of them on the West Coast. Um, and since I'm on the East Coast, those can, if I stay up for those, those are very late nights. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and, you know, and weekends happen, uh, or, you know, weekend games are there. So it, it's a very busy but rewarding. Um, rewarding job. So, and what is it
0: that you're doing during the game?
2: Like, yeah, what,
0: what happens during the no, I mean,
2: games? I actually, I mean, I honestly don't have many responsibilities during the games. Um, but I want to see the, I want to see the results of my, uh, of what my team does and what so I do. Like,
0: did your model sure. work? That, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, do you have? Is it like that's per game? You, you have a like. Let's see. This is what our predictions are for this sort of input, and then you Certain. see how close it is
2: there are definitely certain things where we, we do that wow, for that's so um, cool! It, and and you know i could i could see those in the next morning if i wanted to but it's also i mean i part of the reason i started doing all this is i really liked baseball um and so yeah. being able to you know um travel and go work go walk into a major league baseball stadium for my job uh mm-hmm. go in oh yeah what's a game like this that, is like an
0: archetypical, archetypical nerd yeah. Yeah. dream job right the yeah. job that you have but does it,
1: does it take – so so uh, for 10 years before I worked in tech, uh, getting on Hacker News and reading tech news was the calmest thing in the world for me. Mm-hmm. And now as a person who works in tech, I can't read tech news without reading about a partner, reading about an IPO that affects me, reading about a competitor. Like it stresses me out. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious like has this taken away some of your – has this affected your love of baseball? Oh, in the same way? yeah. Do you, it's, when when it's watching it, are you, yeah. I mean, are you able to let your hair down and enjoy yourself? I mean, you're you don't have that long a hair, but a lot longer than <laughs> me. <so. laughs> you might have a um,
0: ponytail. You can't.
1: Talk. It turns out. Um,
2: I, I mean, I'm definitely much more personally invested in the game than I ever was as a fan, um, and sure. uh, so. You know the your self worth is all caught up in it. <laughs> yeah, things hit me very differently than they did when when I was a fan. Um, yeah, you know we we've been really lucky the last two years. We've gone um, into the playoffs. We've uh, you know, two years ago we were one game away from the World Series. Last year we were a couple outs away from winning the wildcard game and then ended up um, losing to the Nationals, who ended up winning the whole thing. Um, but it's like those things are; th- those hit me a lot more than they used to. Um, yeah, it's yeah. still it's still fun, um, but it's fun in a different way.
0: Yeah, yeah, like. It- Literally contributes to the outcome of the game, like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't oh, really yeah. kind of put that together. Like you want, it's not just you know you win, and also that's good for your paycheck or whatever. It means you're <laughs> doing a good job at your job, but it's also like personally, the work that you have done has led to this win or lose. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: I yeah, that's, I mean, do yeah, you, do, you, and do you get seats? Do you do you get seasonal tickets as a uh, as an employee? Do you or yep. season ticket? Yeah, I, I, I hope can. so. Seasonal <laughs> tickets. Oh my gosh, I can get I tickets. To, I can get tickets
2: to my game. Uh, to, to the games um you know will the, the the staff there tends to watch the games together um sure and you know we'll, we'll talk through things or or you know talk about other games that are going on um while the games are happening um and uh but yeah it's it's i mean getting especially being remote and then going into milwaukee generally a week a month and you know trying to catch as many games as i can in there it's a really really fun time
0: yeah. And so, obviously, baseball is one of your primary hobbies. But do yeah. you have other hobbies outside of baseball?
2: Well, I guess when when I started, um, you know, b- before I got into baseball, uh, tech was my job and baseball was my hobby. It's kind of flipped now, um, mm-hmm. where baseball is my job. Um, we we def- I definitely do a lot of tech like things or, or touch different pieces of tech as part of the job. But I still keep up on you know various. Tech-related things for fun. You know, still read a lot of tech people on Twitter. Um, you know, in try to. I've got probably five to ten projects in various states of, of you know half-done ness. Um, mm-hmm. That uh, taking you know, you apart your home network. Yep, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm actually talking to you on, on a brand new laptop I got for programming um, on the on the cool. side, and uh, you know, so so that's where I spend my time. Um, as you mentioned, it's with kind of baseball being a, a, um, a, a thing that happens a lot, many nights during the year, I'm not finding a whole lot of time, um, but I enjoy it. Uh, you know, beyond that, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I read um, not as much as I would like, uh, listen, to, listen to a lot of music um, mm-hmm. and just find ways to kind of relax and spend time with family. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Well, cool. And um, where I think we're coming up towards the end here, but of uh, where can people find you on the internet? So you said you're on Twitter.
2: I am on Twitter. I am. Uh, I am by no means very vocal at the moment, <laughs> um, but I am at dTurkenk. So d-t-u-r-k-e-n-k.
0: All right. I'll put that in the show notes. And anywhere else, anyone can find you, or is that good? Uh,
2: that's prime. That's that's pretty
1: much it. I mean. All right. Um, oh LinkedIn
0: (laughs) yeah yeah LinkedIn
1: Uh that (laughs) way well thank Thank you you. so much Nana. I mean this is really interesting it's 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 a little outside of our norm and that's part of what made it fascinating but we really appreciate you spending the time and digging into some of the details here
0: yeah good luck with all your upcoming games spring training thank you very much
2: this was fun